Hi, Ryan. I am so excited to have this conversation with you and generally just to catch up. Um, so thank you for being here. Hey, Jess. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, uh, I'm really glad to uh, we got to ha have this time together. Awesome. Um, well, I'd like to open with a question. What is the truth that you would like to share today? Uh, yeah. Um, so I think the uh, truth I'd, I would like to uh, uh, share after I get that uh, frog out of my throat um, is that um, that you can be a light in the world uh, when there's a little bit of darkness in you. Um, so um, the reason that uh, I'm kind of on here is um, I um, have always been like a really up happy person. Um, I'm generally the person people come to when they need a pep talk or they need a uh, they need a uh, a kind word. Um, I don't want to brag, um, but I was the runner up in my high school's most likely to brighten your day superlative. Um, I lost I out. I, I lost out to Max Anke. Um He was just a nicer guy, but otherwise, I I, I feel like I really gave it my all. Um, but. Um, so I've always been a, been a really up person. Um, I'm I'm the person that like when people are having a problem, they call me and they're like, I need to talk to someone who can make me feel better. Um, and that was really rad for a while um, until about four or five years ago uh, when I started having panic attacks um, and I started to get super depressed. Um, and, uh, you know, things that were super easy for a while, like, you know, when you wake up and, uh, you know, things are... Uh, uh, you know, things are a little rough. You put on a couple of good tunes, you do a couple of push-ups, you get ready, you, you hit the day, and it's fine. Um, and slowly over time, those things started to not work as well. Um, and they started to not really um, make me happy the way they used to. And being happier, being happy all the time started being a lot more difficult. Um, and just generally, um, like, I just was like... Um, sad and then I started to get, I, I was just like really sad all the time and then I started to get really nervous um like I'd just be at work um and just start like panicking about about nonsense and I need to like go and walk um and then finally one day I was at work and I I was like having a heart I felt like I was having a heart attack and and I I, I tapped um this is super embarrassing in, in retrospect, but I, I tapped like my, my team lead on the shoulder. I'm like, hey, hey, can we have a meeting? Uh, and he's like, yeah, sure. So we, we go into one of the conference rooms and I'm like, hey, I think I'm having a heart attack. And, and, and he's a, he, he looks at me and he's like, no, you'd, you'd be having a heart attack. You're having a panic attack. And I was like, what's that? And he's like, oh, he explained. I was like, oh, that's, that's what that is. He's like, yeah, just, just go home lay down and, and then we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, and um, so yeah, over time that really, um, so like having panic attacks and having anxiety was, um, was terrible. And the worst part is I didn't listen to him and I really did continue to believe that I had a, like a, like a condition. So I went to the urgent care and I was like, my throat's closing up. Um, you know, my heart's racing. Um, I have like a pain in my arm sometimes. And I looked up on WebMD and it said that these could be heart attack symptoms. And, and the woman like immediately looked at me and she's like, cause she works in Cambridge and she was like, Oh, she's like, Oh, and I work in technology. She's like, Oh, you know, you're, you're under a lot of stress. You're probably having panic attacks. And I was like, wow, I must really be doing that. Um, that must really be happening if two people have said it. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was weird and it was hard. Um, it was hard to tell people that I, I get depressed and, and then I get panicky because people, ex um, um, people expect me to be mellow and people expect me to be happy and smiley and like, and, 
I generally make um, one thing that I realize about myself is that I really like when I make people feel good. And I really like when people feel calm around me. And when I'm in a super nervous and anxious place, I, that's not really going to be good for anybody. Um, and, and having to admit that, that, that I can't be, be that person um, all the time is, is really difficult and is, is really unpleasant. Um, but one of the things that I, I, I think about a lot and I, I kind of focus on um, is that the, the person um, the person I was isn't gone. Um, I, I use the, I use the analogy of like, um, it's like when you're drawing like a, a stick figure and then like you, you fill in the, you fill in the edges and the lines and you do the shading and you, you, you make it three dimensional. Like the person I was isn't gone. There's just an added dimension. Um, and I think it makes it easy. It, I think in a way it helps me, relate to people who are maybe not as naturally optimistic and up as me because I can understand the space they're in better. Um, and the thing that it's really taught me is that um, I'm, I'm a natural avoider. Um, and I think a lot of people who suffer from anxiety and depression tend to be um, because what happens is you, you push all that stuff away and then eventually it builds up um, and then it explodes and you tell your boss you're having a panic attack and you have to quit what you have to, you have to go home for the day. Um, or, or you, or you tell, uh, or you, you tell your coworker that you're leaving your job to go become a monk in New Mexico, uh, which is something that didn't happen, but I totally thought about, um, and, um, but yeah, so, um, but that, but understanding that, um, that, that, that when you've experience that darkness and you've been in that darkness, um, it becomes a lot easier to bring the light to other people. Um, it makes it a lot harder for you. I'm not gonna, gonna, gonna sugarcoat that. Um, but I do think it makes it easier for you to, to relate to people who are struggling and to be, to, to, to be able to go into those places that people need you, um, a lot more. First of all, thank you for sharing that. Um, I think that, so many of us can relate to what you're saying and, but so few people talk about it. So thank you. Um, I think what you're talking about is one, we're human, right? There's, there's, I love the, there can be um, some light and darkness, right? We all have those ups and downs um, and as someone who is very good at compartmentalizing and shoving my emotions down, I have found that it's very easy to, sorry, my dog and my cat might attack each other. Um, I mean, not the, not the second part. But, um. <laughs> but that there is this, at least for me, this tendency to put on sort of like, the the face that I show the world and then what is really happening on the inside. And for so long, the way that I describe my life was that I was just going through the emotions and I wasn't I wasn't allowing myself to feel, which sounds so crazy now that I say that, but I wasn't allowing myself to feel everything else. Um, so I think that while my story is obviously not the same as yours, I can, I can definitely relate. So thank you for sharing. 
No, I think I think the, I think you hit on something very very deep and very real about that, which is that um, we kind of get attached to the. Um, I think a lot of us, um, especially people who tend to be pleasers, um, we get attached to being the person that people like, and and we we get attached because and and it's not in a it's not in a. Um, like a like a, I was molded this way. Like I really liked being the person that people relied on. I really liked being the person who could brighten people's day. Um, and and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just when that when it becomes to the detriment of the fact that you're a human person who is who is a nor- living a normal human life. Um, like I was I was talking to my to my friend about this, and he was having similar struggles. And he was like, you know, I read this book about the Dalai Lama, this book by the Dalai Lama, and he gave me all this advice. And he was like, but the Dalai Lama like doesn't have kids. The Dalai Lama doesn't have like a, a mortgage. The Dalai Lama sits all day in Tibet and like meditates and like hangs out with Robert Redford. Like he's he and also like we see the Dalai Lama when he's on the stage being the Lama. Like you know we don't see him when like his gruel is overcooked or you know um, his favorite episode of Mash isn't on. Um, I don't know what TV the Dalai Lama, the, His Holiness watches, um, but like. Um, we don't see those moments, but we see every one of those. And, and we don't see those moments for anyone but us and like three or four people in the world. So like, so like those, it's really easy for us to judge ourselves against people who we only see the highlight reel for. And, and that's really, really difficult because, because, you know, we, we see all the, like, you know, no one, no one know like no one ever, like, and, and social media contributes to it too, right? Like no one's ever, like people either, people either give good news about themselves or bad news about other people. No one's ever like, today was just okay. And I cried in the shower a bit, period. Like that's yeah. it. Cause, because it doesn't, it's, it's for the same reason. No one goes to the bathroom on Star Trek. There's no reason to show it. We just kind of assume. Um, but like, um, and I think that understanding that like, and, and, and what, what, I think that does too, that's really dangerous from a, from a mindfulness perspective or just from like a general mental health perspective is that it creates this idea that we have this 360 degree view of people and that all of their lives are perfect. And that because our 365, 360 degree view is like kind of crappy um, that, that we're somehow different or broken and the fact that all of us are feeling that about everyone else creates this like really intense tension and um yeah i mean that's that's one thing that i've i've personally been finding personally been founding is that that need that stages demand performance and and when you're a pleaser you often find yourself on a stage so if that's something that you you relate to you have to remember that like you're you are it's not your fault but you are putting yourself on that stage. I think what you're talking about is so important and we can have a whole sidebar conversation uh, around my thoughts on social media. Um, And unfortunately I work in in technology, but, um, (laughs) um, but what you're talking about, like the, the image that keeps coming back to me is, is a mask, right? There's, there's that, that piece, of you that you're you're willing to show the world and then there's everything else and what I have found and my whole reason for starting this podcast is when you 
share even the tiniest bit when a little, little bit of that mask comes off. For me, that's authenticity, right? That's connection. And I truly believe we all just want to be seen and heard. And while it's so hard to take that leap and take off that little bit of armor, I have found that the, for lack of a better word, like the reward in that is being able to empathize, being able to understand that we're all human. And that connection is just so much more genuine than it ever would be if you're just, you know, always exchanging pleasantries with people. I've definitely, I, I really strongly agree with that. Um, I've definitely found that the more forgiving I've been able to be of myself um, and, and the more uh, open with myself about my struggles, the more I can empathize with others. And, and, and what I found more is on the opposite side, the less I'm in touch with my, with my failures and my weaknesses, the less forgiving I am of others. Um, and that causes a whole, that causes a whole problem because I don't, I don't let them in. I don't let them see that I'm hurting. So they don't know. And then I'm mad at them for not knowing that I'm hurting and they don't know. And then they're reacting to something that they're not aware of. And it, it escalates the situation. Um, I, I really liked, I really liked your, your um, analogy about the mask. Um, I'm a, I'm a big uh, uh, superhero fan myself. And um, one of the things that I always, I kind of related to, to, to is like the idea of um, like, like a character like Spider-Man. Like part of it is that he likes putting on, he puts on the mask to, to protect his to protect his family and to to stay anonymous, but another part of it is it's it's a and and one of the things that I think doesn't get highlighted enough is that it's a form of escapism, right? To be able to not to be able to not be Peter Parker for a while and just be Spider Man. You know, you're you're doing really good things and you're doing you're you're helping the world, but you are stepping away from your life. You're stepping away from yourself for a while and you're not. You're, you're, you're wearing, you're wearing, you're literally wearing a mask. And, and I've definitely, and, and one of the, and, and, and every once in a while that can get addictive because coming back down to your real life is really hard. And I've definitely found myself be in positions where I've been like, look, like, like I've definitely found myself um, going out of my way to, um, uh, to stick my nose in where it maybe not was not uh, super welcome because I wasn't dealing with my own stuff. And, and I, I wanted to find a project that would take it, take, uh, take it off of me. And, um, that was wrong for everyone because if, if you're not in a position that's, and that's the other part of it too, with vulnerability is if you're not, um, capable of understanding, you know, your capacity and where you are, you're going to wind up doing a lot more harm than good because if you're not in a mentally equipped place to, to handle whatever is being thrown at you, like you're, you're just going to go to pieces. Like it's not, it's not anyone's fault. It's not, it's, it's, you're just, you're just not, you're just not ready for that, for that um, situation. So um, if you don't, if you, if you, if you don't take the, take the stick out of your eye, you're never going to be able to, to help other someone else get the sliver in their eye. Um, and that's really for me a lot, because um, I know a lot of people struggle with um, idea when they're when they're starting to get into um, you know mental health and mental care. There's often a knee jerk reaction that it's selfish or that it's somehow um, you know um, greedy, selfish, or, or self serving. Um, and it's it's really not. And 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 I, I I understand that. And and wherever you're at, you're at. And in the marketplace of ideas, everyone can set up their stand. 
but um, I will say from a personal perspective that the more I've been willing to express um, my feelings of weakness um, and express when I, I don't have it, um, one is it's encouraged other people to step up. It's encouraged other people to be the kind of person that, that, they, that they really want to be because I think deep down people do want to be good and people want to help and be kind. And when they see an opportunity like that, when they see an opportunity to be good, they want to take it. And, and when, you, when you open up the table by, by letting people know that you can't do everything, that invites other people to, to step up. And also, it makes them more forgiving of their own mental issue, of their own, of their own mental health and, and vulnerability. It, it, it lets everyone, there's a, there's a natural danger um, to, to, for everyone to, especially in a, in a um, uh, there's a natural danger for everyone to take everything on themselves as a way to push off mental issues. And that's, it's, it's strictly not going to work. It's just not how it works. So everyone has to kind of spread out. Um, and I think by, by admitting your vulnerability, that's a really good first step in kind of inviting people in and help and help, getting them to help out. There's so much I want to unpack in what you just said. Um, so the first piece around like, I love the analogy of Peter Parker. Um, and for me, my version of Peter Parker was I became a workaholic. Like I threw myself into work and I, you know, ex not to brag, but like I did really well. Like I, I rose up the chain very quickly. I, you had a really successful career. You're super right? successful. Um, and well, thank you. But um, that was at the detriment of avoiding, right? Like I was excelling there because I wasn't excelling in quote unquote excelling in um in the rest of my life and that was like the one area i felt i could control um so so i think that's so true of so many people um the other piece i wanted to to unpack a little bit is this idea around you need to like learn for yourself first before you can help others and i learned this in parenting um, but I think this is so true in, in so many aspects of life where I can't expect my kids to, you know, be empathetic. I can't expect my kids to be, you know, good listeners or however you define that as, as a human. Um, I can't expect them to be able to calm their own systems when they are frustrated or angry if I haven't learned how to do that. And so I think that's a really important part to underscore, but it brings me to, um, you've mentioned mindfulness a few times, and I know that you recently wrote an article around mindfulness, anxiety, depression, um, all through the lens of humor, which I appreciated. Um, so tell me a little bit more about that. Oh uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so, um, I, uh, occasionally, uh, write for a website called The Hard Times. It's a, a punk rock comedy site. Uh, and I recently wrote an essay or a, a, a piece entitled uh, How, uh, let me find the actual, I should know I wrote it, but it's complicated. Um, um, how telling people about mindfulness changed the way I'm an asshole to them. Um, because uh, we can we can edit the curse, um, but um, it it really did uh, speak to to my experience, um, which is that um, 
a lot the um i i'm a big believer in mindfulness i i recommend it to everyone who who suffers um who who gets anxiety gets depression any kind of any even just even you know if you feel perfectly mentally healthy doing mindfulness exercises randomly throughout the day can really just help center you and, and bring you back and, and make your life a little mellower. Um, unfortunately, uh, what that has spawned is a multi-billion dollar industry run entirely by white dudes with dreadlocks who uh, take themselves absurdly seriously. And I'm, again, I'm a, a really big believer in mindfulness. I think you should see a mindfulness teacher. I think you should, you should definitely like check it out. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's that complicated. Like it's, it really is very much about being present to yourself and not, and, and, and sorting out what is something you're worried about versus something that's actually happening and, and dealing with the things that are actually happening and then dealing with the things that are potential and hypothetical and kind of going, going through that in order. And it's, it's more a, a method of, of self mastery and self control. Um, because anxiety and depression are not are are ultimate what they what they do that's really dangerous is they make you see things not as they are but as you're worried that they could be and that's and that's super detrimental um i know like personally um i'm in i'm in sales and and you know when you're when you're having a, a depressive episode about um you know what's the point of anything uh, it can be really hard to pick up the phone and make sales calls, but um, I I can understand that. Um, but you, when you sit down um, and think it through and really let yourself be, um, like my my favorite um, mindfulness exercise that I recommend to everyone is is the Y exercise. So if you um, if you're ever feeling anxious or depressed or just nervous, um, grab a slip of paper or your phone or anything and and write down the thing you're nervous about and that or the thing that's giving you anxiety and then ask yourself why and then write down the answer to that question and then ask that why to that question and go all the way down and what you're going to see is that the things that you're worried about are really require a lot of different things to come through together for it to work out and also you're worried about things that have a lot of contingencies as well so what the best and, and what it does is it forces you to kind of pull the ripcord and kind of work through it. And I think that's a really, a really important thing. Um, but the, the downside and what really prompted me to, to write that article is, is that I think mindfulness is a really awesome thing that can really help a lot of people um, live fuller lives, be more productive, be happier, um, not be nervous wrecks all the time, which really is the number one goal, um, way better than productivity. Um, um, but um, the the downside of it is 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 I think twofold. One is that is that um, the 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 industry like mindfulness industry in general has kind of boiled it down to okay, you want to be mindful? Great, buy this book and subscribe to this podcast and buy this crate like mindfulness crate or whatever that gives you like a, a box full of stuff once a month <laughs> with like little Buddhas or whatever. Um, and and it's like it's actually a lot more in my experience it's a lot more like exercise like if you if you sign up for the gym and then never go you're not going to get in shape but if you sign up for like a crappy gym but you go every day you're going to get in a lot better shape than if you bought like went to like an equinox and like never went and the same thing like if you like i've 
you know, I, I've, I've spent a lot of, you know, I've bought like giant mindfulness books and like mindfulness, like CD packages and mindfulness, like mindfulness, like audio guides. And the, the best advice I've ever received on mindfulness was from like a, like a Steve Johnson.com slash like, I'm getting into mindfulness website that I bookmarked, which has like five exercises on it. And it's like, mindfulness is the practice of, of not, of, of, uh, relaxing your, strengthening your mind when you're nervous. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, I really do think like it's, it's a wonderful thing, but, um, but profiting off of mindfulness and, and that, and, and, and selling people on the idea that it's a, selling people on, on the idea that it's a, a quick fix. Like I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I don't still have panic attacks um, or that I don't still occasionally get depressed. Like that's, it's, it's a thing that happens when you, when you have an illness, it, it, it reflares, but I have it a lot less and I feel a lot better and I feel I could control it when I, when I'm, I'm practicing mindfulness in the same way that when I don't take care of my body and I eat like crap and I don't go to the gym and I spend all day in sweatpants, I don't feel great physically. It's the same, the same kind of thing. Um, and the other thing that was really important for me um, is, and I don't think I, I'm, I've always been a big believer in this, but um, of humor as a, as a way to express courage. Um, I'm, I'm not a particularly brave person um, in the, in the traditional, like, uh, 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 stand up, stand and deliver kind of way. Um, I, I've always kind of, uh, I'm, I've always kind of, uh, gravitated more to like the Kurt Vonnegut, Mark Twain's of like, of like humor as a way to, to call out, um, what's wrong and, 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 and as, and as a way to show people that you're not afraid, like one of the, th uh, like there's this, general i feel like there's this general vibe of like if you're like a mental health guru or like a, a mindfulness expert you you come down from on high with your headset um and you like arrive in your ted talk stage and you just like you deliver you just deliver like the wisdom of the ages um and it's like look man like not everyone like not everyone is like that and like a like a lot of people all say different things and they can't all be right like and and the the pompos the pomposity of it really like bugs me because people are really like like when people come for like mental like mental health advice like they're not come like it's not like they're taking like a yoga class like they're 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 they're, com they're coming to you because they have like real mental anguish they're in like real pain and and for you to like for people to like you know cross their arms and be like all you have to do is be more mindful is like really bad and it's like people people don't need and people don't need another book on their bookshelf that they're not gonna read um what they need is to be invited in they and they need to feel accompanied like if someone gives you a if someone gives you a workbook and they're like hey this really helped me out um you'll you'll probably be like oh yeah that's nice and you'll flip through it and then you'll kind of be done and and you'll i mean maybe you'll do it but you probably won't because life is busy and you have a lot of things to do and mental health is not really valued in american society as much as like making more money or or having more vacations or posting more instagram photos like all of those things all of those things have way more social capital have way more social capital than I spent some time meditating today or I you know I spent I tried to spend a half hour on contemplation but 
I will say that when I do those things, I don't cry in the shower as much as if I post on Instagram. So, you know, different, different strokes for different folks. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I thought it was important or, or I mean, not important. I, what I was trying to do when I wrote that article was, was point out that even as someone who believes in mindfulness and, and, and mental health um, and, and taking, and taking care of your mental health and, and practicing those things, I, you, you are right to, to be offended and, and amused and, and bothered by like the, the cash grabbing hypocrisy of it all. Like, like you're, 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 you're allowed to, you're allowed to look in the board. You're allowed to like, like, like I used to walk by Barnes and Noble on my way to work. And there was just like, there was like all the Harry Potter books and then like a hundred books about like meditation and contemplation and stuff. And I was like, I was like, I was like, but like, you just need one. Like you, you don't, like you don't you don't need like this is not like this is like there, there's people have spent that i'm like and i remember thinking i was like people have spent thousands of dollars here and they don't feel any better like that seems real like like in that case i would recommend going to hawaii like it's better to be sad in hawaii like um but yeah i mean i i i think i i think bravery um is a is a difficult thing um, and it's also a very individualized thing. Uh, and for me, at least, I think, especially in the past couple, couple years, given just the, the current, the current, like, social and political climate, um, bravery as humor is not as valued as it as it once was, um, for, for, for probably very reasonable reasons. Um, but I think it's important that someone kind of keep the torch and point out that you can, you can, you can take care of, you can be a good person, you can take care of yourself and be socially responsible. And you can, you can be a good member of society. And you don't necessarily have to um, you know, uh, begin every day with a sun salutation, uh, and refer to, refer to everyone as brother or sister, uh, and like use the word tribe all the time. Like you can, you can be, uh, you can be like a, uh, a normal, I, I always, uh, I, I, uh, I always said my, my, uh, my goal description would be a uh, hipster mystic, like just like a regular, like, like I like the idea of being like a regular person who's also like down with mental health and stuff because that's the goal. Like, like it's, that would be the dream. Like, but when you, when you gatekeep like that and you, you make up all these terms and you make it really complicated and you, you have like all these, dif you have all these different like groups and like, and like processes and like schools of thought. It's like, it's like just like I I um I'm always I'm fascinated by like the Jordan Peterson phenomenon because to me it can be boiled down to look if you're just sitting in your basement do anything else if you're doing anything else try to do something better and keep doing that until you're not sad anymore and like that's not a uh that's not a, a recommendation that I give to everyone but it is a methodology and 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 that's one thing that I I hope people people think about or, or remember about about mental mental health and 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 maintaining their mental health is that what works for you might not necessarily work for someone else and and that doesn't make either of those methods better or worse what it does mean is that you you are you and that person are both equally important and that there are there are as many ways for them to feel good as there are for you to feel okay there's just so much there we could talk for hours, Ryan. Um, oh. 
So, so first of all, I want to hit on um, what you were saying about bravery. So this is, this is not my own thought. I recently read Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Um, but her concept around bravery, I like loved, which was being brave is, is going inward, listening to yourself and making that choice even though it might not be, you know, what everyone around you is saying. And it really struck me because like there have been so many times where I have not made the choice that like I want to make, right? Right. Because of numerous things. And I was like, oh, so to me that definition or that concept of bravery really resonated because it goes back to being true to yourself. Um, and if you're true to yourself, then it doesn't necessarily matter what everyone else is thinking, thinking about. Um, the other piece that when you're talking is we live in a society of quick fixes, right? Like everyone just wants that quick fix. What's that next like fad? Uh Probably isn't fair of me to say a fad diet, but there are fad diets. Um, A lot of them. You would, you would, 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 (laughs) Just take a shot, man. It's all good. So so many. Um, Right. And so, you know, I think about myself when I started this journey and, you know, again, someone was like, you should try mindful, you know, you should try meditation. And I was like, oh, like I've tried it so many times and I just can't turn my brain off. Like I just can't. And what, what actually worked for me was the acknowledgement that like meditation isn't meant to turn your brain off. It's actually meant to just observe your thoughts and go deeper. And I was like, Oh, I can get behind that. Like I, I can, that to me is interesting. And that to me is to what you're saying, like sort of that exercise around why it allows you to go that level deeper. And then there's that understanding of like, okay, these are your thoughts. It's not necessarily reality. What, how do you distinguish between the two? Um, and I love that you ended with, you know, what works for one person might not work for someone else because they think, again, because we live in a society of quick fixes, we just want, and I'm as guilty of this as so many other people, we just want like someone to tell us what to do. But for me, what I found is it's like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And again, how I started this is like going inward and recognizing, okay, like what is working for me and doing more of that? What's not working for me? Okay, let's not do that anymore. Um, And I think that's important too. Totally. Like for me, like med- meditative practices are, are good, are, are great. And, and I'm, I'm just a very bad meditator. Um, it's really not, not my strong suit. Um, but I love music and I love walking. So like when I feel really down or lost or like, I feel like a depressive or panicky episode coming, coming on, what I'll do is I'll just put my headphones in, like put on an album that I really enjoy and like walk around and, and I'll just for like the first couple minutes, I'll just think about that album. Like, is it good? Is it bad? Do I like this song? Do I not like this song? Does like, does, is this drum part good? Is this drum part interesting? Because, because that's something that I can, I can wrap my head around that's small. And then once I can, I can do that. 
I can I can go back and and kind of unpack and then kind of deal with whatever I'm I'm thinking about and and I like it too because it it gives me a touch it 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 gives me a touchstone to to what I'm think because I I I kind of think of it a lot of times um, and this and this ties into to social media too but like it's turtles all the way down like if I'm if I'm mad if I think about an album and I'm mad that it's you know it, it doesn't sound it doesn't sound the way I think it should sound or it doesn't sound like they're old stuff usually whatever's been on my mind is something kind of related to that so either I don't like the person I am right now or it's the situation's not correct um, and I, I think those kind and 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 for me like walking around and listening to music has this has a very meditative effect. It's really calming. It really mellows me out. It really helps me relax. Like I'm 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 never going to be one of those guys in like Tibet who like meditates on like a rock for like three days. It's just not it's not who I am. It's not it's not who I'm wired. It's not who I think God wants me to be. Like I'm a I'm a I'm a, a uh, I'm an active kind of hyper person. And I think that the, I, I think that's a big part of it too. Is like, and, and, and that ties into the quick, and I think I really like you brought up the quick fix thing too, because that ties into it too, which is like quick fixes by necessity are one size fits all. That's part of what makes them quick. And, 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 and part of it too, is like this idea of like a, a, a personal brand. Like these people have these ideas of like, like people who build these like mental health empires, which is an awesome name for a band. Um, but, um, but like the people who build these empires, like their whole thing is based on the idea that this works for everybody. And that's just a, an obvious falsehood. Like it's an, ob it's obviously not true. So like you can't like, it, it's, it's difficult because when you read like people want guarantees and like when you, when you get a, a book or like you know you start listening to like a podcast or something like they're they're going to guarantee it's going to work because they are kind of selling something and and it's what i've what i've found uh is i mentally put like this is the best idea i have so far in front of every person's claim uh around like mental health because they're because because i got to cut them some slack too right like they're 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 doing what they feel is right for for everybody by doing this but like you, you it's it's okay to say hey listen that didn't that didn't work for me i did not that was not a that was not my jam like and and to and to be okay with that right like i mean i know i i but but the other thing too is that it can be very seductive to convince yourself that the reason that those things aren't working is because you're somehow fixed or better um and and that's almost never the case um it's it's better um i i think one of the skills that i would recommend if you're one of the best skills to just cultivate in general is a a feeling of if you're getting better or not you know if you feel like in the mornings when you wake up like hey was this week better than last week was it is not as good and then understanding um and then understanding you know, is that a, is that a situational thing? Is that a, um, is that a regular thing? Cause it's not an exact science, you know, you can't, um, you can't, you know, you're not five, whatever degrees happier than you were last week. It's like a general feeling. Um, and, and being, a and one of the things that 
I, I always recommend too is, is when, when things make you feel good, when things make you feel joyful, um, keeping like a, like a playlist of those things on Spotify or keeping like a thing on, like just keeping like a thing, like I have a, a playlist, like a YouTube playlist and like a, a Spotify playlist. That's just like terrible pop songs that like in the morning when I listen to like, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to, uh, to, to listen to, uh, you know, tools lateralis at uh, six in the morning, but like Wilson Phillips, hold on. Like that can, that can pump me up for the day. Um, like having, having those things that, that make you happy. And my, my aunt Elena really, really emphasized that was like making your, being able to have those, those mental touchstones to the things that make you feel like the person that you want to be. That's a very, those are very important things because that that person that like that person that you want to be that aspiration is a is a part of you and it's a part of your it's it's not wrong to want to to not have this in your life but it's important to remember that your ability to handle it and deal with it is going to help the other people who also don't want to have it in their lives so that's um i think an important aspect of it i love that um i really could talk to you all day we, we could go on for hours. Um, so my last question for you is, and I, I think we've talked a little bit about this, but if you were standing in front of yourself the first time you had a pan attack slash heart attack, um, what advice would you give yourself? Um, so a couple things. Um, one is, is, um, uh, be distrustful of people who tell you to be present, but also you should be present. Um, uh, and, and that, um, the moments, um, the way you, and, and to, to be, um, to be, um, that the fact that you feel shitty in a moment does not make you a shitty person or a bad person. You're, you're allowed, you bad when bad things happen when when things aren't going well you can you can reasonably expect to feel down when when you're angry you can reasonably expect to not feel well and and that doesn't make you a bad person it doesn't make you a, a, a doesn't make you a, a mon it doesn't make you a monster it doesn't make you bad um what it does is it's like any what and the other th um and the other thing too is that um it's not it's not one-to-one -one, right like it's not it's not exactly like working out. It's not exactly like studying for tests. It's not exactly like getting a promotion. It's its own, it's its own thing. And, and the other thing too, that I would definitely have told young Ryan, uh, is, uh, it's more art than science. It's not, it's, it's, it's less, it's less, you know, going through a prescribed process and more figuring out what works today and then being open to something that might work tomorrow. I love that. Um, Ryan, thank you. I thank you, appreciate Jess, this, this conversation. I've learned some things. Um, how can people continue to follow you on your journey? Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, I uh, don't have a uh, a Twitter account. Um, That's okay. But... Do I? Oh, awesome. Yeah, sorry. That was actually, that was actually the other thing I was going to say. Um, I would tell my five-year-old person it, or uh, my five-year, uh, five-year-ago person is, uh, what your anxiety writes in pencil, uh, your fingers on the internet write in pen. So <laughs> when you're feeling anxious or weird, don't do anything on the internet, like read a book, 
pick up like put on a podcast don't don't do it like write in a write in a journal write on like a drive or something and then wait for that moment to pass and then look down on it because there's a lot of social media that we can see all the time that is clearly written by someone having a hard time and that rather than saying something like hey i'm having a hard time what comes out is like a bunch of angry non you make a stand to think about how much of it is really about you and how much of it is about the issue. Cause if it's all about the issue, that's awesome. But if it's all about you, um, you can probably stand to improve yourself a little bit more before you start, uh, throwing stones. I totally, totally agree with that. Awesome. Oh yeah. So, um, I, uh, I write for the hard times. Um, uh, if you, uh, just Google hard times, uh, Ryan Harnady, uh, I'm, I'm on there. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, if anyone has questions or, or needs anything, uh, I'm sure Jess, you can, uh, you can put them in touch and we can, uh, we can chat. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Jess. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Oh. Hey, this is my truth listeners. This is Sarah. This is me, Sasha. And we're the co-hosts of the podcast, Dear White Women, which is a show that eases you into uncomfortable conversations about racism. Jessie invited us to her podcast because she knows anti-racist work is at the top of mind for everyone right now. And we really believe anti-racist work is not a moment, it's a lifestyle. And so we're making our work concrete, practical, and accessible. One of the resources we're committed to is our monthly virtual book club, which Jesse is a part of. So we have started a Patreon. If you head over to our podcast website, dearwhitewomen.com, we would love for you to join us in these conversations.